Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. We're broadcasting from lovely Santa Fe, New Mexico today. And I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today, we're going to talk about separation anxiety in cats. Because a lot of you have been home from the coronavirus shut-in for the last two months, and you're getting ready to go back to work, and this may be something that you're having to deal with. So we're going to talk about that in depth today. But before we jump into that, say hi, my handsome co-host, Dewey. Hello, my beautiful love and wife of all. (laughs) (laughs) So I apologize today. I have some allergies, so I may be a little bit rough around the edges. So please uh, forgive that. But let's talk about the separation anxiety How do you know your cat really has separation anxiety? I mean, it's not like it's prevalent. Uh, You know, you're gone all the time. So how do you know what your cat does when you're not there? I know, you know, let's talk about a dog for a second. A dog will bark all day and, you know, he's upset and he's clawing at the door and he's destroying everything. And, you know, he's he wants to follow you. But what about cats? What do cats do? Well, you're right. As in all things, cats are a lot less obvious about their emotions than dogs. And it's and it's actually much more rare for a cat to have separation anxiety than than dogs. But, you know, some do. And um, and it and it can be related to behavior problems. And and like I said at the beginning, at this time in particular, as people's schedules are beginning to change, that causes a lot of stress in cats. And as people go back to work they may be seeing some some behavioral changes and some separation anxiety in cats. So I thought this was a good time to do this podcast so people would be a little sensitive about what might be going on with cats. So there's lots of scientific data about separation anxiety in dogs, but there is very, very little data on cats. There's really only been two studies and, and one article. And, and the most recent one, there were 233 cat owners that were surveyed, and only 13% of them met at least one behavior criteria that they used to define separation-related problems. And um, and it kind of fell like this. So destructive behavior was the most frequently reported, which was about 66%, followed by excessive vocalization at 63%, inappropriate urination, 60%, Depression, apathy, 53%. And this wasn't an in-depth scientific study, but it paves the way for others to do so. And, and you know, the thing that, that I got out of reading this study is that every one of these behaviors could have other causes, you know, other than the owner being gone. Like, you know, destructive behavior, scratching could be misinterpreted by an owner as a behavior problem when in, when in fact it's just a natural behavior for cats. Cats have to scratch. And if you are not providing, 
the proper scratching areas, then of course the cat's going to scratch. And so, you know, I, I wonder if some of these might have other causes other than just the owner being gone. But, you know, hey, it was a study that, you know, smart people did. So we're, we're going to go with, okay, they were right about this. But, you know, other than those things like destruction and, you know, lots of meowing and peeing and them being sad, um, I'd, I'd look for some other things like they're not eating or drinking while you're away or when you come home, they're overly affectionate and needy, you know, right when you walk in the door. I would, I would look for some other stuff other than that. I was kind of surprised those weren't on the, on the criteria. You know, I remember when we would leave the house, our previous wonderful kitty, Tabasco, would be howling at us. Is, I'm, I'm assuming that's part of the vocalization component you're talking about. Yeah, and that and that is true. You could hear him because he uh, he would, you know, especially here in New Mexico, where we keep the windows open all the time, and uh, we'd leave to go somewhere and walk out the front door, and he'd be row, 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 and and he didn't normally meow. And you know, excessive vocalization in adult cats has been shown in studies to indicate stress. So. You know, that that was a stress signal. He did not want us to leave. And, you know, he was the kind of cat that, you know, would would follow me around all the time anyway. If I got up and went to the bathroom, he got up and followed me to the bathroom. He, he was my little shadow. And he was always waiting right by the door when we came home. You know, he would be laying on the back of a sofa that we have that's, that's close to the front door. And that's not a spot that he would necessarily lay when we were home. But he was laying right there waiting for us. And, you know, none of those traits other than the excessive vocalization, you know, were in the study to identify separation anxiety. Okay, so would having a video camera on while you're gone help confirm separation-related problems? Yeah, absolutely it would. A, a video camera tells you all kinds of things. It, it shows the body language of the cat. You know, when we're around, cats' tails are usually straight up because they're happy to be around their people. And when we're not around, you know, maybe they're not quite that happy and you're seeing the tail tuck or... You know, you're seeing them lay down with their bodies tucked in the little rock position. You know, it, it can tell you a lot of things about the way the cat is carrying itself. It can it can tell you how a, a cat acts in the litter box. It gives clues to why they're not using it. Um, we set up these little cameras all the time by the litter box to, to rule out medical issues because if the cat's coming and going and coming and going and peeing little bits and stuff like that, it, it tells us a lot about litter box usage. Um, you know, it, it can tell you things like what time of the day the destruction is happening and what behaviors are preceding the, you know, the problems. And if you have intercat aggression, it can show a lot of body language you wouldn't see otherwise. You know, you can see like who starts the fight and stuff like that. You know, and we have that little YI camera that works well. Would you recommend that to others? Oh, yeah. I love the YI camera. That came as a recommendation from a, from a fellow behavior specialist um, that I was that was teaching a mentoring course I took. And, and she said she used it with her clients. And, and I ordered one right away because they're cheap. They're only like $40 or less. And, 
And it's it's awesome. We use it all the time. I mean, we use it for home security. I keep two, one for home security and one for cat stuff so I can see what the cats are doing. And I have a link to it um, on my website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. There's a resources tab at the top. And under that resources tab, you'll see products. Click on that, and it'll bring up a page of categories of products under miscellaneous I have the YI camera. Or if you can't remember all that, just email me, molly at cattalkradio.com, and I'll send you the link to it because I really recommend that you get it. And you can get, you know, if I have clients using it, they have cloud storage for like $2 a month that'll record more than just the little six-second clips you get on your phone. But it's really cool. You have the app on your phone, and you pull it up, and it shows you a live view, and you can rotate the camera around, you know, so if you're not home, you can kind of see what your cat is doing in a room, and it's and it's motion-activated, triggered. So if if the cat is up moving, then the then or like if it's right in front of a litter box, then the camera comes on and starts recording, and on your phone, you get a little six-second clip, and then and when you have the cloud storage, that links out and you can see the whole clip, which will run the whole time the movement is happening. So, and then you can copy that link and send it to me, you know, if if we're working on a on a behavior case. So, it's an awesome little camera and I totally recommend it. And um, if you're having cat problems or just wondering what your cat's doing when you're not there, then email me and I'll send you that link. You know, this next question is really one that probably a lot of people ask because you know it's something in in uh, the human world that when you walk into a room and if you're nervous you tend to reflect that on other people and other people get nervous just because you're nervous so this is a, a really interesting question does the anxiety level of the owner contribute to the anxiety level of their cat good question yeah, and and there have been scientific studies on this in particular for for not just dogs, um, cats, and people, and and they found that yes, the personality traits of the owner um, absolutely reflect on the cats, and the level of neuroses in people seem to be mirrored in their pets. And it's important to note that you know neuroses is not batshit crazy. You know, it's used to describe depression or anxiety, or obsessive-compulsive behaviors, or, uh, you know, hypochondriacs. So, yes, absolutely. Okay, so we got to figure out what that is. Cats can be hypochondriacs? (laughs) (laughs) How do you know? How do you know? (laughs) Well, not typically, because it's not in a cat's nature to show weakness or pain because, you know, they're they're prey, which is why they don't show their emotions much because they've, you know, they've got to always be playing it cool and always looking like they're in control and, you know, not like there's any weakness so that a predator won't take advantage of them. So same way, cats aren't typically hypochondriacs, but... Well, I've sure seen some dogs that are drama queens over the least little things. <laughs> uh, I could just see two cats playing and one cat saying to the other, oh, dude, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My paw's hurting right here. Hang on. Hang right. On, ow, 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 yeah, ow. ow. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how do you dis- distinguish between territorial marking and dislike for the litter box and or inappropriate urina- urination due to separation anxiety? Exactly. That's what I was saying. It's it's difficult because, 
you know, if if the cat uses the litter box, I guess, when the owner's home, but then during the day when they're at work is when, you know, the cat's urinating again. How do you know that? You know, because it's not like it's not like you've got the cat in your sight. 24 7 so you don't really know when he's sneaking off and and urinating on stuff and and so I think to blame separation anxiety on inappropriate urination is hard I mean I think you really got to look at the other causes first are you having territorial issues are you having problems with the litter box you know it's it's really not something that even occurs to me when someone calls me and says they're having a litter box problem I don't think oh I wonder if it's separation anxiety I you know um, that that's probably the last thing on my list but I guess some other things would be you know the kinds of things that the cat's urinating on if they're peeing on personal items you know things that smell like the owner like your bed clothes pillows shoes you know but that's also an indication that the cat's trying to bond with the owner. You know, in cases where I've got someone who's doing a lot of punishing for things, um, you know, yelling at the cat or, you know, booping it on the nose or squirting it with water where it's caused a, a riff in their relationship, cats will also urinate on their personal items because that's how they bond with one another. They mix scent. So they're trying to mix scent to repair that relationship. So... You know, I think it would be really hard in this case, you know, to say, I I guess if we ruled out territorial marking and we ruled out dislike for the litter box and ruled out absolutely everything else and we pinpointed it down to the cat urinating when the owner wasn't home and on personal items, you know, then, then I might say it's separation anxiety. Wow. You know. It's so interesting to dive into some of the psychological components as it relates to cats. You know, this is really on the border of psychosis of some way, of the way that we're talking about, you know, separation anxiety and hypochondriacs and, you know, all those things that you really dive in and, you know, how, how do you really uh, figure all that out? And I guess it's just a process. So mm-hmm. I know I have separation anxiety when you're not around. Well, me too. I have it when you're not around too, but I mean, we know, we know how to communicate that with each other, but how do we, I mean, we don't truly speak cat language, so we don't know what that is. And I can see where a lot of what you're talking about is, is a way to kind of check mark the box of, you know, this looks like it's separation anxiety. So I, I get it. So if you have a cat that's showing signs of separation anxiety, what can you do about it really? Well, one good thing about the study that they did is it showed a direct correlation between the environment, the cat's environment, and the level of stress. So they didn't just ask, you know, what what's the cat doing that, you know, for behavior, but then they also went in depth and asked, you know, how many cat trees do you have and are there toys and stuff like that. And so the cats that had no access to to toys were much more likely to have separation anxiety. Also, cats that had no other animals in the house, which 
does indicate that cats do keep each other entertained and comforted while we're away. But I don't think, you know, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that that's a justification to run out and get another cat because I think you have a much higher degree of likelihood that that's going to cause more stress in your cat, you know. If you're going to get two cats, get them together at the same time. It's really hard to introduce cats and have them bond and, and you know, bring comfort to one another. It's a lot more easy for a cat to have a dog. And a, and a dog can really help a cat, you know. So maybe think of getting a dog if your cat is alone and you suspect it has separation anxiety before you think about another cat. But the most important thing is keep your cat entertained while you're gone. This is really important, really, really important. Leave music on. You know, classical music has the um, the frequency levels that are most stress relieving in cats or get one of those iCalm cat players. That's what I use. And it's been scientifically modulated to reduce stress in cats. So leave music on. And then some days alternate. You know, you ha- we all have smart TVs now and you can get out on YouTube on your TV. They have cat TV where there's birds and there's gerbils and things like that. So, you know... Several days a week, leave on cat TV and sometimes music. Change it up a little bit. There's interactive toys that, you know, go off on timers or that go off, you know, motion activated and things like that. Absolutely, scratching posts are a must and they've got to be tall. These little dinky two-foot scratching posts aren't cutting it. It needs to be the full length of the cat. And I have links to those as well on the site. And if you need that, just email me if you can't find it easily. But they got to be tall, like 40 inches tall. Cat trees, the tallest cat tree you can find so that the cats can get up really high. They feel more secure, really high. So if they're having an insecure moment, you know, they can climb to the top of the cat tree and, and chill out, take a nap. Um, window perches, you know, those little slings, the hammocks that, that hang up in the windows so that they can watch birds out there and get a bird feeder, put, put a bird feeder out in front of the window that helps to entertain them too. And feeding schedule is very, very, very important for a cat. You know, you need to be feeding cats four times a day because, you know, that's still far less than half of what they would be eating in the wild. They eat 10 to 20 small meals in the wild a day. So get a get a timed feeder while you're gone. So that lunchtime, you know, I feed my cats 20 minutes after we get up and then again at about, you know, 12, 31 o'clock. And so if I'm not going to be there all day, I leave a timer out. And the timers that I like come with little cold packs. So you put your wet food in there. Um, and then by the time it goes off, it's room temperature and everybody's happy and, and you're not breaking routine and they're getting a meal, which is very important. Getting a, a meal on a regular basis makes a cat feel secure. And then food puzzles, that's really important. You know, leave them uh, treats or dry food in a food puzzle and hide it. That gives them something to hunt and forage for while you're gone. So those are all things I think every cat should have. You know, regardless of whether they have separation anxiety, it helps to prevent separation anxiety. So I would say, you know, whether you think your cat's having separation anxiety or not, do all those things and you're going to have a cat happier cat all the way around. Okay, so you touched on a lot of things, but you didn't touch on medication. What about medication? Can you give a cat Prozac like people 
with anxiety issues? <laughs> yeah, you you can. And, um, you know, they, they prescribe gabapentin, uh, vets will prescribe Prozac. There's, there's all kinds of, um, you know, anxiety reducing prescription medication. But I don't think prescription meds should ever be your go-to answer. You know, fix the environment, people. You know, take care of your cat and and do the things, you know, the natural remedies to make the cat feel more secure because you don't want your cat drugged all day long. And, and, you know, it's not like you do those drugs for a couple of weeks and then the cat's suddenly over it. You'd have to be doing it forever. And that can have some long-term side effects. So just deal with the enrichment issues. Okay. So we've talked a lot of stuff here. So what would you say about separation, anxiety, and conclusion? Well, I'd say that it's really hard to diagnose. You know, I, and I also say that it can probably be confused with anthropomorphizing, which is, you know, where we put human emotions onto cats, feelings, you know, we, we do it all the time. Oh, she misses me. You know, well, maybe not. Um, so I think people, people may think their cat is missing them when in fact they're really missing their cat and their cat's probably just sleeping all day. So, I mean, I think, I think a lot of it is, is that, um, I think there's a lot of other causes, you know, like we talked about, like dislike for a litter box. Um, but there are some other things you can do if you really think your cat is missing you. Um, if you have like an answering machine or something like that, call up and talk to your cat, you know, and go, hey, Tabasco, hi. I mean, I used to do that with Tabasco, I have to admit. <laughs> I had an answering machine and I would go, Tabasco, kitty, 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 hey, how you doing? I love you. I miss you, you know. <laughs> so call and talk to your cat. And uh, make sure you've got safe zones for your cat. You know, if your cat is a hider, make sure you've got, you know, pods and little caves and cubbies that it can hide in. High spaces, like we said, you know, make sure to give your cat lots of attention, especially when you get home. Recognize that that your cat was probably missing you and very grateful that you came back and spend some time reuniting and reassuring them when you get home. And pray play every day is very, very important because cats, you know, part of separation anxiety is they've already, they're already kind of dialed up with a lot of pent up energy because we're keeping them indoors and they're not able to hunt their normal six hours a day. So it's really, really important that we're prey playing with a cat every day. 15 minutes, two times a day would be what I'd recommend. 10 minutes, you know, it doesn't take long. And, um, and that helps really relieve a lot of stress. So right before you go to work, pray play with the cat. And then again, right before you go to bed. And, and that'll help. I think that's, that's very important. Yes, and for all of you guys out there listening um, and gals, uh, if you need more information on how to pray play, we just did a podcast on that. So yeah. go, check, go check it out. Also on catbehaviorsolutions.org, you'll find a blog under the resources tab with lots of great information there. Yeah, that's the, I've got a, uh, on the blog, I break it down into sections and enrichment is one of those. So if you're looking for ways to bring more enrichment to your cat, which everybody should be, 
then um, check out that tab too in the blog. And help us out by following us. You know, you can follow Cat Behavior Solutions on Instagram and like the Cat Behavior Solutions Cat Talk Radio page on Facebook and share it with other cat owners because that's what this is all about is getting this information free-flowing to cat owners so that we can make happier cats in our tracks. We like to leaving happy cats in our tracks everywhere we go. And another way you can help us is to to shop on catbehaviorsolutions.org in the Behavior Boutique. You know, some of the things that we talked about today, food puzzles. I've got some great, you know, simple, inexpensive food puzzles there um, that are fun because you can hide them. They're not those big, tall tower things, which are good too, but I like the smaller ones that cats can kind of bat around and interact with and move, and you can hide them in smaller places. So check out our food puzzles. We have three different kinds and wand toys. I just got in two of the best wand toys on the market. And um, and so for prey playing, wand toys are, are awesome. Also, for all of you listening, if you've learned something from one of our podcasts, consider sending us a gratuity donation. Any amount helps us keep this show on the air and deliver resources to cat owners to help keep cats out of shelter because shelters are still the number one euthanasia place for all cats. Yes. I like to say, yes, shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. And that's not, we're, we're not bashing shelters. This isn't shelter bashing. This is, it's not their fault that, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not the ones out there turning all the cats into themselves. You know, these are people that are saying that they are not able to live with this cat any longer because the behavior issues are just too much to deal with. You know, we got a new, we just spent $6,000 on a new sofa and and I'm just not going to watch the cat tear it up. I can't deal with it anymore. You know, it's torn up the last three sofas we got. This is it. The cat's going. Or I can't live with this cat peeing on our bed every night. It's disgusting. It's not sanitary. You know, I, I can't deal with it. And so we're taking the cat to the shelter. And, um, and as long as, you know, that's happening and that happens a lot, you know, and the shelters don't have any place for these cats to go because there aren't enough people in there looking to adopt, shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. So please share our information so that less cats end up in shelters because that's why we're here. So until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yay. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.
Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.